Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 67. We've got a great show this week. My guest is Morgan Youngblood from The Home That Roams. Morgan is a downsizing queen, and I invited her to come on and share some of her best tips for downsizing for RV travel. Let's listen in. Well, hello, Morgan. Hello, Kathy. It's great so my, to be here. Yeah, my guest today is Morgan Young, Youngblood from The Home That Roams. And we're going to have a great conversation today all about downsizing and getting ready to hit the road for RV travel. So thank you for coming on to share your wisdom. No problem. I love chatting everything downsizing. So I'm really happy to be here. Yay, great. So I'd like to have all our guests just kind of start off a little bit, tell a little bit about yourself and maybe a little bit about your journey into RV travel. I know you're not solo, but that's okay. Sure, no problem. So, um, yeah, my husband and I were in Colorado in a ski town. It's been about five years ago that we decided we actually decided that we wanted to live on a boat. <laughs> and so we that's how our downsizing journey uh, kind of started. But we ended up while we were boat shopping, we ended up living in a motorhome for about a year um, while we kind of traveled around and looked for the right boat. And then after we were on the boat for about two and a half years and when we got off, but the first thing we said was, as soon as we sell this boat, we want to get an RV. That was actually really fun. And we had no idea that we were going to love it so much. So it's it's kind of a strange journey, I guess, into how we got here. It was kind of an accident, <laughs> but yeah. here we are. And yeah, we love it. We love it. So how long ago, how long have you been on the road or traveling or road and ocean, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Total, I think is, I think it'll be five years in March and then uh, RV has been about two and a half to three years, I think something like that. So very good. And is that what, and are you living in your RV right now? Yes. Yes, we are. We are in a travel trailer now and have been for about, yeah, about a year and a half or so. So yeah, it's been great. <laughs> very cool. Where, where are we chatting from? Where are you located right now? Right now we are in North Carolina and I'm actually uh, visiting my, we were at my parents uh, over Christmas and we're uh -huh. still kind of hanging out here before we head uh, further South. So, yeah. Very good. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I want to talk about now our topic of the day, which is, which is downsizing for RV travel. And I know that moving from a house into well, you thought was going to be a boat, but ended up being an RV. You're definitely an expert on this and you definitely write about this on your blog. So what are some of the first steps someone should consider when trying to downsize their stuff for RV travel? Yeah. So this is, I think the hardest thing about it, it's always starting is the hardest part, right? <laughs> you just don't know where to go. And there's so much stuff to, to like go from sticks and bricks to, you know, a really small, it could be very small space if you're doing like a van or even like a small motorhome. It's a very big difference. So um, the first thing I like to say is if you can set a deadline, 
of either when you want to leave or just kind of have like a rough, even if it's, even if it can move, just set a date so that you have something to work back from. Because if you don't, it, it almost, it's like, it won't get done. Or <laughs> I think for most people, we need like a deadline. Yeah. So that's one of the big tips I would give. And then once you do that, you can kind of work back from that with first bigger projects, like I don't know, um, clean out the garage or, um, you know, completely downsize the kitchen or do make it like space relevant, I guess. And then go in and you can add your smaller projects, like things that take maybe like one or two hours. So, you know, clean out the red bin in the garage or something like that, or take this piece of furniture to consignment or something like that. Something that's easy to check off because you want to stay motivated. You want to be checking off those boxes. You don't want to feel like, you know, you're overwhelmed. So, um, and then the other thing, I think maybe the third thing would be just to take an inventory of everything you have. And that can seem maybe a little daunting depending on how much stuff you have, but I highly recommend it because we really don't realize how much stuff we have. Like, even if you're looking around your house or your garage or whatever, you don't really know until you go through and kind of catalog everything. So as like unexciting as that seems, um, I really highly recommend you do that. So you recommend cataloging before you downsize? Yes. Okay. And and the purpose of that is? Um, so once you have a list of everything you have, then you can start going through, like if you have it in an Excel spreadsheet or something like that, you can go through and start saying, okay, I'm definitely keeping this. Go ahead and just mark that as keep. You know, and then you can sort it. So you mm -hmm. kind of know what you're dealing with. And then if you, you're going to have a ton of stuff that you're not going to know yet. So you can just put a maybe or a question mark. And then a lot of stuff you're going to know immediately. I can't take this with me. Right. Um, so you can say either storage or um, get rid of it. Got it. And then once you go, you know, once you kind of get it down or going through the process more, you'll be able to say, okay, I'm going to take this to consignment or I'm going to donate it or I'm going to sell it or whatever. So you mentioned a checklist. How did you come up with your checklist? Did you do it room by room or categories of things? Like what was your, what did your checklist look like? Um, I like to do it by type. <laughs> so okay. if you can gather, cause I, at least for me, like I had a ton of clothes and they weren't all in the bedroom. <laughs> so yeah. if you, you can do it by space. Um, but you can also do it. It might make sense. It just kind of depends on your house too. But like for clothing, I made a list just for clothing. And I would say, you know, um, gosh, uh, I actually had kind of a set every week. I would take like 20 items to consignment. And then like twice a month, I would take like a bag of clothing to donation or something like that. And that, that kept me on track because I had so much clothes. <laughs> I had yeah. To get rid of. Okay. Um, this just made me remember last year, I was just looking through my like last year's photos and I did a challenge last year, starting on the first of the year for January, January one, I got rid of one thing, January two, I got rid of two things onward like that until I got to January 31st, where I got rid of 31 things. So, um, that that's another idea that people could just try to start with. Absolutely. That's a really fun one. I think that's the minimalist maybe that, I don't know if they came up with it, but they definitely promote that uh, yeah. challenge. I've done that one. It's really fun. It's fun to do it with like a friend too, or something kind of keep you accountable, but that is a great one to start with. Love it. Yeah. 
yeah. What other suggestions do you have for someone just to get started? Cause like you said, it is overwhelming tips for getting started. Like when I, when you talk about like cataloging everything you own immediately, my thought goes to overwhelm and I'm not going to do it. So how do you, how do you recommend just kind of taking those first few steps to start seeing progress? And you, yeah. And you can totally, you don't have to sit down and do it all at once. You can do it kind of, if you, if it's easier to do it room by room, do it room by room and just categorize for that day. But, you know, just setting little goals, like once a week, I'm going to put maybe three things that I know I want to sell. I'm going to put those online or I'm going to list those on like a Facebook page or something like that, where I can try and get rid of them because that stuff, if you're selling a lot of stuff, that really does take a lot of time. And those are easy things you can do. Like you want to start as soon as you can, um, you know, in your journey so that you're not doing it all at once. I feel like when you do it all at once, you end up just kind of getting rid of a bunch of stuff at the donation center, which is totally fine. You can do it that way too. But a lot of us like to get a little funds for our stuff, especially if it's in good condition and things like that. So yeah, I would suggest just go ahead and start making those little goals and make them once, once a week kind of things so that it's, it's, you get into the habit of it. If you can kind of get into the habit, that's really important with downsizing because it's, it's not all going to happen in a month. I don't care what people say. It's not going to happen that quick. Not this kind of a downsize unless you're, you know, really young and don't, don't have a lot of uh, accumulation yet. So how long did, did you take? Um, I think we, when we really like made the plan, it was probably about 18 months out, I think from when we planned to leave. So that's when I really made the the start with my clothing. <laughs> okay. so um, and then we would just slowly like get rid of furniture and stuff, I think. And, you know, it, it is like slow and steady at first because it's not, if you're starting, you know, over a year out, it's going to be just a habit that you have to keep, um, keep working on, I think. So it's okay if it's not like you jump right in and all of a sudden you're just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. It's, it's going to be slow pro- progress, I think. So just curious, were you owning a home or were you renting at the time? We did own, we owned a condo. So it was about uh, 1200 square feet is what we were in. And then you ended up selling that as well? We did. We sold it. Um, Something I can, I guess, talk about from a homeowner's perspective is that we sold it furnished. Okay. (laughs) To to avoid uh, having to deal with all that. And we didn't, when we listed it, we didn't list it as furnished. We just used the furniture and the furnishings as a kind of a negotiating uh, tactic. So and we ended up getting rid of a lot of stuff that way. And that way you're not at the last minute trying to get rid of like your bed and stuff and <laughs> waiting for people to come pick up furniture and things. So that made it a lot easier, especially if you don't have like something close by to move into. Like we had to immediately pack up and we went from Colorado to my in-laws in Texas, like that day. So okay, <laughs> we had to be out. <laughs> so you had a deadline of a day you had to be out. And how long prior to that deadline did you have your RV already? Um, We did not have it yet. So oh. we, yeah, okay. yeah. So we had to fit everything and we had two vehicles, um, pretty good size vehicles. So it was okay. We put everything in the two vehicles and we actually moved in with my in-laws for a couple months until we found a motorhome. 
and then we were able to kind of transition from there. So we did, we took it one step at a time. <laughs> okay. And did you end up keeping things for storage? Uh, we did not. We did not do storage. I know this is such a personal um, choice for so many people and I can't really tell you what to do here. It is, it's totally up to you. I think a lot of people have furniture that's sentimental. And in that case, like you, you probably do have to get a storage unit or either if there's somebody in the family who wants to maybe look after, you know, some of those bigger pieces for you um, while you're having your adventure or whatnot. But we were, we didn't really have anything like that. Our parents were still living and, you know, we just, everything was either like consignment or given to us. So we just let it go. And <laughs> we have a couple of bins that we keep um, at my parents' house and at my in-laws. They just really, they have a ton of space and they don't mind at all. So okay. we have a couple a few sentimental items that they keep. Yep. So let's talk about sentimental items. I think that's probably going to be one area where people get caught up when trying to downsize. What tips do you have for sentimental items? I wouldn't start immediately with your sentimental items, especially if you haven't decluttered a ton before. Like, go ahead and kind of get your feet under you with what it feels like to let stuff go. And do that for a few months at least before you start tackling your sentimental items and really trying to make those decisions because that is very emotional and it can get overwhelming really quick. Like you'll be like, I do not want to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it, it, it is really hard. So definitely don't, don't force yourself to make those decisions early on until you kind of have your wits about you um, with how it feels letting things go. And then also, even though you're not going to tackle those early on, I would start looking through that stuff just so you know what you have. And, you know, go ahead, enjoy them, play the memories in your head, like all that good stuff. And I think your your subconscious will kind of, it almost like it works on this stuff in the background, I feel like a lot of times. Like I like to really revisit items over and over again. Um, not just sentimental items, but everything, but it really helps with sentimental stuff. Like when you first rediscover something, if it's been like packed away for a long time or something and you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I forgot I had this. I love this. If you keep looking at it and revisiting it time after time, you know, it kind of fades away a little bit. And I think that'll help with the kind of figuring out what really is important to you. And then I think, I mean, a lot of stuff, if it's small stuff, see if you can make it functional. You know, there are so many ideas on like Pinterest and things like that, of like, especially with like paper and photos and stuff of how to bring those items into like home decor and I don't know, blankets and things like that. You know, people make tea towels out of oh, yeah. rece the recipes that their grandma wrote and stuff, you know, get creative. You can start thinking about that stuff ahead of time. So I, I really love all that. <laughs> That's a great idea. I hadn't thought of that, like making a tea towel or something from, yeah, like an, a piece of paper. Well, you had, well, let's talk about paper because that was one of the the areas where I think you said you ran into trouble and you had some good ideas for that. So like for me, I know I just applied for a job and I had to go back and pull out some like um, proof of employment, which was like finding W-2s from like five years ago. So if I didn't have those paper files, if I wasn't in my home, I probably wouldn't have been able to access that stuff. So what kind of tips do you have for things like that, that you might need someday and other tips for digitizing 
paper, dealing with paper? Absolutely. So paper is actually a good one to start with, I think, at least the okay. logistical paper. Keep those separate. There's sentimental paper and there's logistical paper. Logistical paper is great because there's like, it's basically an organizing project. There's no like emotional attachment to your tax forms. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what I would do is kind of set aside, it'll probably take a couple of, depends on how much you have, but at least a couple of like five hour sessions, probably sitting down with, I would do a, you know, a scanner and a shredder and get it all out. And you're going to start scanning that stuff. You can actually even do it with your phone now. You don't even need yeah. a scanner. You can, yeah, you can just scan a document with your phone, but get a, get a good app like Evernote or Microsoft's OneNote is really good. It actually has uh individual, like um, it's password protected on its own, or you can password protect stuff if you have sensitive information and you can share those as well if you need to. But if it's just for you, you can actually use like Apple Notes or something like that. All that stuff, you can scan documents right into. You can create folders, categorize it, do it by year if you need to. Whenever you title something like a note, like you're going to title the note and say like um, it's your, I don't know, your RV registration for 2018 or something, whatever. Title it that, scan the document in. And then have a category that's RV and maybe have a subfolder that's registration or imported documents or something like that. And then you should be able to search in all any of those apps. You'll be able to search as long as the important words are in that title, you'll be able to come right up. So then you always have that stuff, you know, readily available. You can find it. It's actually almost easier than finding it in a like a filing system, um, like a physical filing system. And then a lot of those actually have availability offline too. Like you can make sure that the documents are downloaded. So if you are in a place that's remote, like a lot of times we have, I don't know why, I always end up trying to find our cats like uh vet information and I never have service oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. this always happens to me somehow but it's available offline and I can easily get to it and if he has to go to the vet on the road or something I can easily pull that up and you know give them what they need or whatever so um yeah I think that's the that's a great way to like start getting rid of a lot of stuff if you have a lot of physical paper and you can really see progress and then you've got it nice and organized in the cloud <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay. So that's, yeah, especially with today's technology, you don't even really need a scanner, just, yeah. uh, just your just phone, phone. <laughs> take pictures and, um, and I'll, I'll, uh, link to some of those apps that you mentioned so that people can check those out. Great. Um, so I'm just curious, um, you, you've got some really wonderful tips. Where did you find trouble? Like, where did you run into issues when you like things that, that you got stuck on? Sentimental stuff is always hard. I think the more we revisit that stuff, like even we were just at our in-laws not too long ago and, um, or at my in-laws, sorry. And I went through some stuff and I was like, why am I keeping this? Like, this is mm. so stupid. <laughs> and you get rid of it. So there's not a whole lot you can do about that. You're that a lot of that stuff just takes time and going back. Like if you do get a storage unit, I really recommend you make a date to revisit that thing. Like you're going to be back in this area in a year and you're going to go through it and you're going to realize I probably don't need a lot of this stuff. I mean, and that's just the way it goes. That's just time and, you know, your growth as you're, you know, doing your RV life and you realize you need less things. But I honestly, I had a really hard time with, um, I think I left a lot of things to the last second <laughs> and mm -hmm. I would, 
really recommend you do not do this. It was one of the most stressful like weeks of my life the week before we moved out of our condo. And there was just so much stuff. I wish that I had given away more stuff for free earlier or donated stuff. Um, I think that week I did a lot of uh, where you can you can go on like a Facebook group, uh, local Facebook group, and you can kind of I posted like everything and said twenty dollars for all of this, you know, or or everything for free, just whoever gets here first, <laughs> like mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I wish I had done that stuff sooner because it was really stressful to manage selling things when people have to come and pick stuff up and things like that. All that takes so much time, and leaving all that to like the last couple of weeks, I should have done that a lot sooner. So. <laughs> I would yeah. highly recommend just go ahead and get rid of it. <laughs> okay. Sounds <laughs> <Let> go. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I had a, a good story with getting rid of some of my sentimental items on eBay. I had all these uh, collections of um, t-shirts and political buttons from like the eighties and stuff, eighties and nineties. And I ended up making really good money selling that stuff on eBay. So if you don't put it off to the last minute and you want to dive into eBay, I made over $2,000 last year just selling like little buttons and t-shirts and things on eBay. So can be a that good, is, yeah. That's great. And I, I am a big component of selling it. If you have time, it's that balance of do you have the time and do you, how much like money do you want? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of us, it is just finding a balance to that. Because I think we all, I definitely wanted to like kind of make some money to have for RV life selling yeah. stuff. And that was important to us. So yeah, start that stuff early. Go ahead, make those goals. Like I'm going to list it on eBay. I know it's worth something. Somebody will pay for this. Go ahead and start uh, with that Excel spreadsheet. If you have one and you've taken the inventory, go ahead and put, you know, I'm going to put this on eBay. Make it a goal. I'm going to take the pictures. I'm going to make the listing, you know, make sure you have time set aside we're all busy and there's work and kids and everything and make sure that you're setting time aside to take it to the post office every week or whatever you have to do. Like all that stuff just takes time. So, yeah, but it can be very, very rewarding for you, Kathy. <laughs> <That's great>. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was, I was amazed. You're going to pay $25 for this little button I have. And I had lots of little buttons, so it was pretty and cool. And shipping is cheap on little stuff too. <laughs> That's yeah. good. And the, and if you sell it on eBay, they pay for shipping. So you can charge shipping to the customer. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, clothing. Let's talk about clothing. Any tips for, I know the, is it Marie Kondo has the like, does this bring me joy? Hold it up and ask yourself, does this bring me joy? What What are your tips for downsizing your wardrobe? I do love Marie Kondo. She's got some great tips. I I don't know if I agree with everything she says, but no, nobody's going to, you know, you're not going to necessarily agree with every everything everybody says about um, getting rid of things, especially stuff that's so as personal as like your wardrobe. I would suggest, though, reading, if, if you do have a lot of clothes, definitely start early and read a lot about what pe- different people say, because it's not always, it's, I can tell you what I did, but your everything's not going to work for you necessarily. So you kind of have to follow your gut a little bit, I think. Um, yeah, tell us what yeah, you did. I, I want to hear what you did. Okay. Yep. So what I did was, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I literally would go through every week 
And I would, my consignment shop that was near me would take 20 items for me a week. So that's, I made sure I got them 20 items a week, whether it was five pieces of jewelry and like five scarves or whatever, boots, clothing, whatever it was, 20 items, I had to take it to them. And I I think not only did that keep the stuff moving out of the closet, and I would also, unless... I think there were a couple of things that I said, hey, let me know if you guys don't keep this. But everything else I said, if you don't take it, donate it. And that was probably a really big thing, too, because once you start taking things back <laughs> from that you've already dropped off and now they're coming back in the house. It's like, oh, boy, now we're going backwards a little bit. So I would I would if you if you can sign things, um, make sure that you tell them to donate it and don't go pick stuff back up. If you can help it, I understand there's probably going to be a couple of things that you're like, well, if they don't take this, I might try and sell it. But that was another big thing I did. And then what really helped was just looking at that stuff every week because I would look at it and it would be hanging in the closet and I would say, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to give that up. I'm going to wear it. And then three weeks will go by and be like, hey, I still haven't worn that. I've seen it in here every week that I've come in here to look for my 20 items. And then I go, it's gone. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think it just helps you. It's like a mindset shift. You know, it really helps you realize that what you're not wearing or not using. And a lot of people will say, you know, turn the hangers around um, backwards. And, you know, in two months, whatever's not like every time you hang something back up, you would turn it around forwards or the right way and whatever's still hanging backwards at the end of the three months or whatever, you know, get rid of it. Cause you're not wearing it. Um, so you could do something like that too. Yeah. Except for seasonal things. Oh yeah. If you don't, yeah, this would be stuff. If you don't store your seasonal items separately. Yeah. And that's another good point too, Kathy, actually um, start early too, because you're going to have to get rid of things seasonally, especially if you're consigning stuff and things like that, they won't take stuff that's not in season. Um, and that goes for uh, like outdoor gear and stuff like that too. Those kind of consignment shops, you have to be in season. So. Okay. So yep. I want to talk a little bit about, I think probably, which is going to be my biggest pain point, which is shoes. Oh, shoes. Shoes are hard. <laughs> well, especially since they take up so much space. They do. They take a lot of space. And I come, I mean, I was in Colorado. Do you know how many boots I had? Like and, and huge snow boots. <laughs> yeah. I've got like snow boots. I've got hiking boots. I've got sandals. I've got sneakers. I've got, oh, I better keep one pair of nice shoes in case I go somewhere. That right there is a, is like a big bin. So what what would you recommend for shoes? Um, so what I did, and I've slowly, I mean, you're going to get better at this. So don't be too hard on yourself, I think, right out of the gate. And the same with the clothes. I've found out what works and what doesn't. Everything has to be so durable for RV life. You, a lot of stuff you have and you're like, I really love this, but then it just doesn't work in RV life either. So, yeah. you know, it's just, oh gosh, we're so hard on our clothes. I feel like living outdoors practically. Yeah. And, you wear everything more because you have less. So, um, but shoes, I, you know, I kind of, I think I got rid of almost all my snow boots and things like that, just because we don't really travel where there's snow anymore. <laughs> like mm -hmm. we stay pretty, we follow the 70 degrees most of the time awesome. to some degree, but I have like, you know, one pair of like shorter, um, outdoor boots, I guess. And I have hiking shoes, not hiking boots, 
But um, yeah, I think it's like one pair of everything that works. Sandals, you can get a little crazier. I have a few pairs of sandals. Because uh -huh. you can stack those in those like, shoe holders, like at least two pairs, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you have to get a little creative with it. If I quit carrying like fancy shoes, honestly, <laughs> you know, I it, and it just depends on your lifestyle and what you do but I have like one pair of like casual cute uh like sneakers I guess and those are like my dress-up shoes almost okay <laughs> most of the time. so I mean if I'm anywhere that I do anything fancy I'm usually with my family I feel like and I my sister and I share shoes and stuff so that okay. works out okay. but I haven't really needed you know I've gone when I had to go to a wedding I went to like the shoe rack or whatever and bought some $20 cute heels and then I got rid of them yeah so you can, okay. or you, can get, you know thrift store or whatever if it's just for one event yeah do it get rid of it you can usually borrow something that's kind of the way I've been rolling and it's been all right <laughs> so yeah the good point yeah I had like a wedding last year and I feel like I carried these shoes around all year for like one wedding so yeah, that's a good point there. So, um, so one of the things you, you know, you didn't even know what size of an RV you were going to be moving into when you downsized. So kudos to you for, for doing that, because I think a lot of us at least know what kind of storage we have in our unit. So that like that, I'm, I'm applauding you for that. And so I want to talk a minute about kind of determining like what you, so what you might need, because you didn't know that when you were starting to downsize, but any tips for, like we talked about the kind of clothes we need for RV lifestyle. Maybe if somebody ha is, is just jumping in or hasn't spent a significant amount of time, like how can they determine? Okay. I know that I heard you mention 20 20 items. It must've been a number that you came up with at some point that you were going to keep, you know, how can we determine like what to keep and, and what we're going to need? Yeah, it's, you know, it is hard because before you do it, you really don't know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I would, the, you know, a few things I guess you can think about are, especially with, with clothing, well, with everything, it needs to be durable and probably non bright like like if you're thinking like kitchen stuff and things like that, I really try to lean towards stuff that won't break. We don't mm -hmm. have any real glass. That's a personal thing. You can always, some people have real glasses and all that stuff, but yeah. um, I think just make sure everything you keep is durable and think about from a clothing perspective, you are not going to have like, I don't, you know, you're not going to have like a front load washer. You're going to be washing stuff in laundromats and RV parks. And those are, those things are tough on your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you need like probably like mostly cotton and uh, I don't know, cotton can get hot, but I try to do like blends of cotton and synthetic, like good synthetics, like get quality stuff and, you know, line dry it when you can. It's hard in an RV, but <laughs> you can put up a little, a little line dry. And if you have a shower, you know, across in the bathroom, sort of, yeah, durability is a big one. And, and, and with clothing again, like layers, anything that can be layered, mm -hmm. I try to not do or have things that are only good in one season, I guess. Um, I have, you know, one or two like cardigan, like wool cardigan things that I wear in the winter. And I just put that over the stuff I wear in the summer. Okay. So, you know, just thinking about 
I think I have one sweater and I'm debating getting rid of it right now because it's I mean I only wear it like a few times like we just don't we aren't in cold climate so so yeah. if you don't yeah that's the other thing if you don't know kind of where you're going to be traveling I mean you just it, it's tough um I would have one good coat you know you definitely want to be able to have like one good winter coat so if it gets cold somewhere that maybe it's even not supposed to be that chilly you have something um, and then with the kitchen, just I think that's the other hard one that people probably take a little bit too much for kitchen gear and kitchenware. You just really don't need that much. Go simple, you know. You <laughs> you don't need all the gadgets anymore. You know, you don't have room for the gadgets. <laughs> and a lot of times you can't power the gadgets. So mm -hmm. just go as simple as you can. And, you know, along the way, you can you can add and subtract. Yeah, good point. Let's talk about that for a minute. So how often are you kind of continually downsizing as you're traveling now? Oh, probably once a quarter, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, yeah, about once a quarter we go through. I definitely go through my closet quarterly. And then I just did kind of a big overhaul in our kitchen just because it was we were in a convenient place to do it. And yeah, I recommend at least that often go through and be like, are we using this or does this even make sense anymore? Maybe your travel style changes and things don't make sense anymore. So I think that happens a lot and you don't have to, I don't know, sometimes I get mad at myself and I'm like, why did I buy this? Like, it's not useful or it doesn't work. And then it's like, it's okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't know how it was going to go. And now you, now you know better, you know, we're constantly, I can tell you will absolutely get better at this, you know? Their downsizing is a skill and you will absolutely get better the more you travel. So that hopefully that's comforting for people. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I've got one final question for you here. Did you have it? Did you get rid of anything that you regretted? I was thinking about this before, before talking to you and I was trying to think, cause I feel like I have had like one or two things come up and I was like, man, I wish I had that. That's it. I have not, you know, it's funny because one of the things I really thought I missed, I actually went out and found found it on um like eBay or something and bought it and I got rid of it again. Oh, <laughs> would you share what that is or is it personal? It was a sweater. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a sweater that I loved that I thought I loved apparently. And I was like, man, this would have been so good. It was a good layering sweater and I missed it and I went out and found it. I got it for cheap. So that was uh -huh. good but I got it. And then I never wore it. <laughs> okay. So there's a good story for you. We're all definitely, I don't know it all. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. And, and like you, I mean, everything about getting going in this lifestyle is trying out what works for you. Some people are boondockers. Some people like RV parks. So some people want to be in a tiny little van. Some people want a big, big class A. So it's whatever is going to work for you, but I appreciate hearing you share what worked for you because I think it's going to give some people something to go on, at least a place to start, a place to look at their own lives and say, what's going to apply to me and what's not. So awesome. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your advice today. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to make sure you spoke to? Um, the only thing I can think of is that if you get 
six months down the road and you're still like really overwhelmed with this, remember to look back on what you've done, like what you've gotten rid of, like kind of relish those little accomplishments, I guess. Like I always try to encourage people when people ask me like, how did you do with this? I'm like, you know, you just really got to think about how far you've come because it's easy. We're so hard on ourselves, you know, and it's so easy to be like, gosh, can I really do this? You can. You can do it. It just takes yeah. time. And don't forget how far you've come. So Yeah. And <laughs> don't forget it. and don't forget the end goal too, like why you're doing yep. it. Absolutely. Always remember your why. Love yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. It's been great talking with you today. Thanks for having me, Kathy. I appreciate it. I would like to thank my guest Morgan again. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, getting started in downsizing is the hardest part. Set a deadline, for example, when you might want to leave on your trip and start to work backwards from there. Number two, if you're a spreadsheet kind of person, catalog all the things that you have so that you can sort it. Although personally, I've done this process without a spreadsheet. Number three, if you want to sell things and make a bit of money, that will take extra time, so get started with that process early. Number four, make downsizing a habit. Set weekly goals. Number five, sentimental items can be the hardest, so don't tackle those first. But go ahead and do start looking through those items right away so you can kind of get a sense of what you have. Number six, Sorting paper is a great place to start. Scan the important things into your computer or phone and shred the rest. Number five, clothing. Think of your RV lifestyle and what you need. A lot of those cute clothes and shoes you probably won't be wearing on the road, but do keep your durable quality items. Number eight, when starting with your kitchen, just go as simple as you can. Number nine, Reevaluate once a quarter. Once you're on the road, go through your things, see what you use, see what you don't, and purge some more. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV Podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, We'll see you out there on the road.